Welcome to the Last Week in Denmark podcast. I'm your host, Wizzy Magnuson, and I'm here with founder of Last Week in Denmark, Narcissus, to discuss this week's news and offer you extra insight into what's been happening and how it could affect you. Now let's jump in. It is a cold, wet and windy day in Copenhagen. How is it in Aalborg, Narcissus? I mean, I'm looking outside and I'm happy that my uh, greenhouse is... I have two of them. Uh, they are still uh, they're still there. <laughs> I'm quite happy for it. Uh, but I did a lot of uh, let's just say prevention measures. Uh, I literally like uh, plugged them to the earth to make sure that they're not going anywhere because I kind of expected that uh, the wind power uh, is is getting stronger here in Denmark. Um, I mean, and that's 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 expected, right? I mean, we are in 2023. Uh, a third of the way towards 2030 with all the climate change uh, and all the you know extreme weather conditions storms is going to become just a normal situation for us down here in the north so it is getting windy is that a fact <laughs> yes that's getting windy you can say <laughs> <laughs> okay um have you had a good week yeah i mean we we went traveling this week as well we had uh, tested on on friday uh, which was a like a fantastic surprise we were supposed to be like 20 people the place was supposed to be for 20 people but then 53 people showed up uh so we even had to take tables out so that we put mm. only chairs because <laughs> literally it was too many people for the for the location that that we had but it was very cozy because we were so many people on a very few square meters uh so it was a very heated atmosphere and people were 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 quite happy and It was a good experience, I might say. We we had in Tisted definitely what the international community in Tisted is getting. It's obviously hungry for events because it's 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 middle of nowhere, honestly speaking. Uh, so there there are not that many events in English uh, happening down there. Uh, it was also quite interesting to see that uh, we had people coming that could not speak English, so they had translators with them. So we had like in a corner Ukrainian translator and another corner Nepalese translator. <laughs> were speaking in the same time like uh with us in the in the presentation but it went fine so uh i think it was it was quite nice and uh, yesterday uh we were in olborg uh, back in the home ground you can say uh again big surprise we expected a couple of people uh but then again full house um and that was uh That was that was very nice. So the last two events really left a, a good mark on us. Of course, it was a bit stressful because we booked only so much food for the event, <laughs> but then we had to make quick decisions and uh, ensure that it 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 ends up being uh, still a good event, which which it was. But what about how was your week? Good. Um, <laughs> I'm off all the antibiotics now. Various specialist appointments still coming up. Um, but finally starting to get into a good working routine again. So it's nice to have uh, have my brain back a little bit this week. That's been nice because it's been a tough few weeks in uh, the world of Wiz Media. I think uh, all of our people are happy that you're back. Uh, hopefully you'll stay back for as long as possible. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. I I endeavor to. Oh, it's nice to nice to hear that people are happy that I'm back. So, what else is new in the world of last week in Denmark this week? To be honest, it's uh, it's not much new in terms of the last week in Denmark itself. We kind of finished a lot of the 
October things, which were when we were quite busy, you know, we had all the referral campaign. We're going to have to announce soon the winners for the um, survey, because remember, we put up some laptops up for winning for the people who participated in the survey. So we will be doing that next week. Um, and besides that, there isn't much new. We, we're going to continue doing these events around the country. We're taking a break next weekend, but we'll be back on 3rd of December with two events in the same day, in the morning in Bilund, in the afternoon in Espia. And of course, we're going to end up our tour in Skive. So if some of you are from Skive or around, we'll be seeing you on 9th of December. But yeah, otherwise, uh, there will be a lot of new articles on the website. So keep an eye on it. And that website is lwid.dk, isn't it? Exactly. So moving on, Narshez, can you please talk us through some of the news that are headlines for this week? We we mentioned about uh, the money, like the largest public investment that uh, Denmark made in Danish film. Uh, so they put like 622 million kronas yearly to save the movie, in, the movie industry in Denmark. Uh, what happens is that we're going to see a lot more Danish movies, Danish documentaries, Danish series. Now, the cinemas actually have to sell 29% of the tickets for movies made in Denmark. Uh, so that also means in the cinemas you'll be seeing more Danish uh, Danish movies. And also I expect several municipalities to establish their own regional film funds. Uh, so that means we're going to see all sorts of calls for, do you have a movie idea? Do you want to make it reality? Apply for funding here. So um, definitely they are trying to give a lifeline to the movie industry because it has gone really badly lately for them because a lot of people started to move to Norway or Sweden to film because it's cheaper to go there because of the their currency became much, much more um, valuable, much less valuable. And that's why a lot of movie, uh, movie sets are moving there. The, the scenario is kind of, I mean, the scenario, the scenery is kind of similar uh, so yeah, it was, they were quite hit by, by this situation. So there's a huge investment. So what you, what I can tell is that you, there'll be a lot of more Danish made productions. And if any of you wants to start such a production, be that documentary, serial or movie, keep an eye on, uh, the Danish film Institute and the ministry of culture. But enough about that one. It seems that in 2023, women still receive less salary than men. 12.3%. But there has been progress. In the last 15 years, it has dropped from 15.6% to 12.3%. Of course, we're still far away from uh, perfect equality in terms of pay. Uh, but the legislation is in place. So normally, by law, they, the women and men should receive the same pay. The same pay but in the end, it's still is still in the hands of the companies and the companies will have to make some sort of change in that direction if we should see uh, further progress on this. Um, then if you keep looking, you can see that uh, you can start uh, completing your tax advance statements for 2024. So if you know, for example, that uh, next year you're going to earn less money, um, if you know that uh, I don't know, you'll not be traveling as much to work or you'll start actually traveling to work and your work is more than 12 kilometers away. Uh, you should definitely go and complete it because it changes your monthly fraudraw. So if you want more money to be kept in your account, uh, well, if you have reasons for it, of course, then you should definitely go to SCAD.dk and complete it. I mean, uh, 
Now, now's the now's the time to to go to go and do that. You can also see your home ownership tax because from now on it'll be paid monthly from your uh, from your salary, so you don't have to pay those two yearly payments. So if you own a house or an apartment, uh, no more these two large payments per year. You'll basically pay every month, and basically your FRAD will be lower if you own a property. Um, that's just uh, that's just how it is. And remember to include all those high, uh, heightened interest rates uh, because, you know, a percentage, 25% uh, from your interest rate is deducted from your taxes. Uh, so make sure to, to put it in, uh, in the statement. And that's how you can get a more close to reality uh, FRADRAU. FRADRAU being the deductions, uh, the, the part of the salary that you can get to keep. Uh, that's let's just say it's not taxed and then um, what else is there interesting to see there's one word that just jumps out of me or one statement that jumps out of me stress costs our society more than 16 billion dkk every year do you want to talk us through that story it's quite an interesting one i've i personally have felt quite stressed recently mostly because i've not been physically well which means work's piled up and got a bit on top of me and that's caused quite a lot of stress so keeping calm is something i'm very vested in right now so I'm interested to discuss why does stress cost society so much money in Denmark? Well, it seems that stress has become a more costly problem. Uh, it had more and more people are being down on stress and they are staying at home because of stress. Uh, therefore, they're not coming to work. And you probably, if you look at the numbers, you can see that it's mainly people working, for example, in care, to be honest, be that disability, elderly or childcare. It's quite a significant percentage of them that uh, take sick days because of uh, because of stress. Uh, funny enough, people working in universities, like teachers, research assistants, and whatnot, they also seem to be getting a lot of stress. And I might be that's 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 interesting to find out why. Uh, then it seems that the people in the public administration, you know, those people who take forever to do your documentation. Uh, <laughs> they also seem to have lots of stress, if you can imagine that. Uh, now, is that because this has been, uh, these statistics have come at this time in the year when all the accountants are very stressed? I wonder if there's a demand characteristic going on where if you get responses from people in different jobs now, the people in public administration are going to be very stressed right now because they've got a lot to get done before the end of the year. This was done for over the whole year in 2021. This is uh, from 2021, the statistics, two years ago, and barely now they finished uh, analyzing them. Uh, so obviously the situation they might be worse. The numbers might be different, of course, but it just gives you an idea of kind of where people take more sick days because of stress. Uh, and and yeah, I mean, I can understand that because it's it's quite interesting to see that if you go and work in a factory or in gardening or in police or in church, you're less stressed than if you work in care in restaurants. Of I understand if you work in a restaurant. I can understand it can be stressful. You need to really have a way to keep up with the high tempo. And if you don't, then obviously you're going to fall down to, to stress if you're not meant to be working in there. Um, so, I mean, in here it's more like it's interesting to see how the different jobs affect people in terms of, uh, in terms of stress. Uh, definitely stress is something that is present now in our society. And I think uh, there will be more discussion on the topic in the, in the future because they want to see 
how can it be reduced because right now the the most important thing for for the current government at least is that more people work more days um, because that's how you keep the economy uh, running further on so if so many people are staying at home because of stress the state pays for it and that's a lot of money so you can see 16 billion kronas is a hell of a lot of money uh, that we spend on it every year uh, so I mean, from from the from the perspective of statistics, you can see kind of which jobs are most affected by by this situation and which are not so much. Uh, but if you are to think of how to deal with uh, with stress and what will be, we also have included the newsletter some doctor's advice <laughs> how to deal with stress and when do you know that you have stress. And you said yourself that you have felt stress. Would you agree that the most obvious sign of stress is that when you sleep poorly at night? Um, yeah, but yeah, if you can't switch your brain off. I know that um, for my husband, sometimes he has to work quite late. And when he gets back, if he goes sort of straight to bed, having only having only finished work about an hour ago or half an hour ago, he can't sleep because he's just his brain is just worrying about work. So he really has to calm his brain down and I, I know this as well I have to calm my brain down for about an hour before bedtime so that sleep happens and you're not in that kind of stressed stressed psyche when you go to sleep because I think sleep is also a great preventative of feeling the negative effects of stress if you can get a good night's sleep you're just in a better stead to tackle the challenge of the next day if you don't sleep and the, the longer you go without good sleep and without enough deep sleep and REM sleep and all of those sleeps that the longer you try and cope with too little of all of that the worse you're coping with things like stress yes I think in my opinion okay that's uh, <laughs> that's interesting because I don't think I had a very good night's sleep in uh, <laughs> in in years <laughs> <laughs> so, I don't know am I turning into a psychopath now or what <laughs> well maybe you're used to it because you've got a little one haven't you yeah yeah so that's uh, well it's not just because of that but even before that i cannot say i was sleeping much better so uh, i think in general i never really paid much attention to it uh but i guess i should from now on because i was younger uh, earlier in the years so i could just cope with it much easier uh but now i guess i got in my much much older so I have to actually care about how I sleep. Can you imagine? When I came to Denmark, when I was 19, I was sleeping on a couch I found on the street and I couldn't care less. You know, that was my sleeping uh, place. Uh, so, I mean... We were in a similar place when we were 19, not geographically. <laughs> I was in the UK, but I was, I think I was living in a tree when I was about 18. Um, <laughs> okay. And not wearing, and not wearing shoes. Um <laughs> So that's yeah. why, as you can imagine, <laughs> for me coming from Eastern Europe, I never really perceived stress as a real thing. Uh, honestly speaking, back there years ago, it was just bullshit, something that Western Europeans have. Uh, but yeah, now I am living in Denmark for so many years and I can see that it is a real thing, obviously, uh, because when you have all these weird symptoms that you cannot explain, many times the doctors will just say it's stress. Uh, <laughs> so <laughs> deal with it somehow and I've got a smartwatch and my smartwatch measures my sleep it measures a very clever watch um I didn't really I didn't really know what I'd been given when I first got given it a couple of years ago my husband got it for me I was like oh that's a nice watch thank you didn't utilize the power of the watch for a long time because I didn't realize how helpful it can be in sort of in just checking 
my health and the stress sort of thing is quite funny and there's there's a particular thing that occurs and my watch without fail will set off a stress reminder and say it's you're a bit stressed you know try and do some breathing exercises or relax and I know I need to stay away from that activity quite often because I go off the chart on the stress stressometer on my uh, watch so it can be it can be useful to measure keep an eye on your stress levels your sleep levels all of that what uh, what would you say that works because uh, you can see you you can also see the newsletter in front of you uh, there are like five advices from the doctor which ones do you think in your opinion are the ones that work the best the one that actually jumps out is um <laughs> stay fit it is generally a good idea to keep fit also when it comes to stress in part physical activity prevents stress um and it can help if you are already feeling stressed. Now, this is quite an important one for me because for a long time I was actually in a wheelchair and I had to have uh, surgery on my ankle and I haven't been able to do, I used to be quite a gym bunny. I used to be into martial arts when I was a teenager and then um, and trampolining and ice skating and all these sort of sports. I was quite uh, I was quite into fitness and keeping fit and it's always been a great stress reliever for me. I know my brother as well. Um, has to exercise vigorously otherwise he just can't cope with his brain you know so I think um exercise is hugely important and I've definitely noticed now I'm getting back to exercise and back to the gym and starting to increase in fitness again I do feel better and if I'm if I wake up in on the wrong side of the bed so to speak once I come out of the gym I've had my gym session it kind of resets me and I'm like ah and I feel better for the rest of the day so I think Exercise can be quite a good preventative technique of stress. Um, if you keep, get your heart rate up, you know, really do something invigorating. If you're physically able, do something that gets your heart rate up. Do something that releases those endorphins. They're a natural cortisone reduce, reducer because stress is the effect of too much cortisone. So anything that can reduce those cortisone levels um, and yeah, the sort of serotonin and dopamine and the happy hormones have been shown to reduce that significantly. So I do think that's a good one. Okay, staying fit. Well, that's something I'm not doing much of it, unfortunately. <laughs> I never really found the discipline to to do it. That's why I went to the army here in uh, here in Denmark because I wanted to a place where I don't have a choice. I have to do certain uh, certain things, but obviously I cannot go that often there. Uh, and do this so obviously I need to find a way to to stay fit also in my in my day-to-day life I might have to be one of those people who will have to pay someone just to scream at me uh, keep doing it what are you doing come on (laughs) just so I do I'm actually not sure that's the way to go I think for me it's about finding an exercise that you're excited to do, you look forward to, that doesn't feel like a chore, doesn't feel like a task, you know, like for me, many years ago, it was yoga, really, I started doing yoga when I first first started getting back into fitness after a little, a little wobbly hiatus a few years ago, um, for me, when I was young, it was it was martial arts. I tried lots of sports. I never liked team sports. I'm not a very good team player. Don't tell anyone I try and get a job with. In the <laughs> um, so I liked individual things. So martial arts, where I'm the champion if I win, you know, and it's all down to me. Um, and like trampolining, you know, doing back summies and stuff mm. on trampolines. That was great fun. And, and hurling around an ice rink. Um, I used to love all that kind of stuff. Organized. I don't do well at sort of organized 
sports organized religions i don't i don't really take part in those things i'm quite uh i suppose i'm like the most extroverted introvert you could ever meet really i like my I like my space and I like being on my own quite a lot, which a lot of people find surprising. But it's about finding one that really fits with you and that you love. Like um, I was talking to my mother actually and her partner's just started Tai Chi. He's been looking to do some exercise to improve his fitness a little bit for years and couldn't find anything he likes. And just, but he's tried so many different things. He's finally found Tai Chi and that works for him. So that's what he's doing. And for me now, it's kind of a mixture of calming but strong sort of yoga poses and getting my heart rate up by really going for it on a cross trainer. I still can't run or anything because the ankle's still not strong enough. But yeah, so my advice to you would be don't see it as a as a something you need discipline to do. It's it, it's difficult to start doing something that becomes a routine. But once you find what you like, so I would say just try various things. If you like team sports, go tr- join all the clubs. You know, do a do a trial session. If you like just being in the gym with a trainer, try that. Just keep trying until you find something because I do think it helps. Of course, I I could I could go back to football like I used to play years ago. But do you do you call it football or do you call it soccer? It's football. Who the hell calls it soccer? American. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> that's not the real you, thing. That's, you, when, that's not. The... When we first met, you told me I needed to do better at speaking international English, and I got a bit uppity because I was like, "Excuse me, who invented English?" Oh. Um, <laughs> what I find is a lot of internationals have quite an American sort of stylings in the way they speak, the way they write. They use Zs or Zs instead of Ss. You know, it's quite American English. So that's, I think, that's where the assumption that you call it soccer comes. No, from. but you have to understand. <laughs> And there is not about British English versus American English. There's Europe versus US because in Europe it's called football and it's football in several languages uh, with variations of the word. So everyone, when they will think of football in English, they will think of football, <laughs> you know. <laughs> uh, nobody will well, use good. soccer. There's actually a whole wars, cultural wars online over the football versus soccer uh, terminology, uh, especially... Uh, football fans i was one of those uh, hardcore let's just say uh, hooligans part of a firm when i was were young you, were, were you a lout <laughs> a football lout S- sorry what <laughs> do you know the word do you know the word lout lout no lout it's it's basically another word for it's quite a colloquialism it's quite a british thing to say use the word lout instead of hooligan but it kind of means the same thing lout okay i was a lout <laughs> i was a lout <laughs> i was part of a firm when i was 16 years old uh you know it was my way of dealing with stress i guess <laughs> Going like like in the film green street it's pretty much yeah, like you know fighting the police and uh, going over other cities wow. and conquering there stadiums and whatnot uh it was it was quite fine memories of my youth <laughs> you see you reveal more more skeletons from your closet each week it's fascinating love it <laughs> yeah yeah i mean i mean it's it's yeah it's not a, a big uh secret uh, i it's part of who i am um you know being part of football and being part of of the whole culture around it it's it's it defined me uh, and it's, to be honest, I had parts in life, like uh, periods of my life when I was very much into a certain thing. And I had that part of life when football was everything for me. Like for me, happiness was to just lie down on a football field and look up in the skies. Uh, that was that was just happiness. Uh, but yeah, of course, things have changed over the years. Uh, I found other things that were interesting. 
but yeah, for me, football has represented a huge part of uh, of, of defining um, who I am. But anyway, enough about me and uh, my dark stories, <laughs> which you, you need to give me a, a glass of wine before you can get more out of me. Um, <laughs> we'll do that. <laughs> we can look further on the newsletter and we can see there is a reminder for people who have old diesel cars older than 2009 you need to have a particle filter if you want to drive in the four large cities in Denmark and Frederiksberg because for whatever reason they have included in that list of <laughs> large cities but if you don't have a particle filter and you want to drive there there's all these cameras who check your uh, plate and if they see you don't have a particle filter installed announced uh, then you get uh, fines automatically. There was so many fines in just six weeks. 4,812 people got a fine for driving with an uh, old car in the city. Remember, now all the large cities are called environmental areas, which means you cannot go with cars that don't have a particle filter. So that's a, that's a good reminder to have. I'm not sure. Uh, do you have a car, Luisa? Nope. No, okay. So you don't have that issue. Well, you're from Copenhagen. I can understand. You guys don't need cars. <laughs> yeah. Don't need a car in Copenhagen. I'm a lot happier cycling around now. I've got used to it um, than I was driving, I think. So, yeah. Yeah, that's... that's. No, it's nice not to have a car. It's nice not to have to pay to keep a car. It's nice not to have to worry about parking. It's nice not to... Yeah. I like the carless life, but I think if I didn't live in Copenhagen, it might be more difficult to live a carless life, you of know. Of course. So. And then um, if we are to look further on the newsletter, you can see that uh, Denmark is uh, ex- decided to be more active on the international stage. So they're opening embassies in Moldova, Bosnia, Herzegovina, Malaysia. They all keep the embassy in Tanzania open. So all of you guys who have studied like me, international relations and diplomacy, yay! There's more jobs for us out there now, <laughs> basically. <laughs> now we can all fight over those five new positions. We are just a couple hundred that have this education, <laughs> but we will. Five of us will be lucky enough to get themselves some new cool jobs. Uh, then it's also pretty cool to look at Africa. I mean, for God's sake, in Kenya, citizens got a free day, like a public holiday, to plant trees. And they actually, each of them got uh, seedlings from public nurseries free. So they all have to go around and uh, and do that. They, there's an app that monitors that they actually do it. <laughs> so it's not just you have to do it, we'll believe you. Uh, they have to actually monitor where they have planted it, exactly what species, what number and what uh, hour. Uh, and it's an interesting exercise, right? Imagine if we had such an exercise in Denmark where the whole country will take free to do a society benefiting action whatever that action could be for Denmark because I don't know if planting is something that makes sense for us here but maybe something else what could be cool what could we take a free day in Denmark for to make a huge progress as a society well we could plant evergreen trees couldn't we because I mean the trouble in Denmark is you plant there's not not it's not such good soil in Denmark is it and it's for for vegetables and fruits and things like that I've heard Mm -hmm. Um, which is why all our veg in the supermarkets is very seasonally offered Um, so just planting trees in Denmark might there might be quite a lot of work goes into what's going to work what's actually going to grow you know they'd have to be of the evergreen variety I think to 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 flourish here I I don't know though but maybe we could have a different day. Let's imagine a day where all the citizens have to contribute in care. Hospitals, elderly care, child care. So that 
one day a year we all have to help the let's just say the welfare state uh, move forward let's you know <laughs> so uh, let's say that um, depending on our skill level instead of a nurse doing a job you take that job and then the nurse goes and helps in a operation or a like surgery or something uh, and so on so i don't know it's just a crazy idea but uh, in in the end they, they do want to make all those people who are taking uh, social benefits to go do all this uh, society benefiting jobs uh, like cleaning the 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 beaches and the forests and supporting in one way or another so maybe if we all as citizens have this one free day where we have to do one activity maybe it's not just so united like planting trees like kenya done it uh, but maybe in denmark it could be much more various uh, our tasks that we can accomplish in this one day as a society i think i would like that uh, imagine one such exercise i would like that i think I think as soon as you start sort of saying, right, everybody needs to plant trees or do this, I think you're going to get a lot of friction. But if you dedicate a day to services to the community and create a kind of list of all the different things you could take part in to help. So maybe it's helping kids or it's helping the disabled or it's helping the elderly or it's planting trees or it's delivering food to the homeless or it's you know do you see yeah. what it means so if you can give people a choice say we're going to give you this day so that you can help serve the community um to encourage volunteer work and you know it feels good doing volunteer work i think i don't think anybody doesn't like the feeling you get when you truly do something for a sort of charitable cause it's it's nice to feel like you're contributing without needing something back you know but i do think it, there needs to be a choice offered of what you do because not everyone has the same skill set or interests you yeah. know make it interesting for each individual make it something they would like to do instead of just you have to do this for this i mean if we are to thinking about uh, to think about climate change uh, a lot of areas in denmark need to work on their the digging uh, part so they need to raise uh, their protection level against uh, water and you have seen earlier this year what happened to a lot of uh, municipalities where they were not prepared for it uh, they got quite flooded um, so i think maybe one thing that we could all help uh, As a, as a national exercise would be to literally dig the country <laughs> to prepare it for mm. for severe floodings uh, i think that's that's something that all of us could do in one way or another there are different parts of it from planning to actually moving them uh, yeah the the i don't even know how to call it but you know to have a tool in your hand and actually make some change uh, you could call it denmark's dig day or denmark's yeah, day to dig exactly you know, make it illiterate <laughs> make it sound fun in the title have a really cool graphic you know <laughs> Um, I mean, huh. it's, it's something, and I, I mean, I will enjoy for the day to break away from my daily life and just uh, do something else. I think even mental health will be uh, improved as with this national exercise. My brain was going along the same route as you. We were just discussing stress. This would be quite a good thing to reduce stress because when my husband and I started uh, module two Danish yesterday. Mm. And we're both, we're both, it was, it's been coming for a while, you know, and we've been thinking, oh, how are we going to have time for this and blah, 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 blah. But actually, we went to our first class yesterday and completely immersing our brains in something completely different to work and the stresses of our daily lives was really refreshing and we had a great day and we made a day of it and tried to continue to speak in Danish sort of afterwards and went and had lunch and, you know, it was a, it was actually a really nice day and it was quite good at re reducing the stress we feel the accumulative stress of just 
our lives. I think everybody experiences stress in their life. Nobody gets away stress-free, you know. So doing something totally different for a day a week or a day a year, in this case, with these initiatives that we're discussing, you know, Denmark's Digger Day, um, I think, yeah, they say, there's an old saying, a change is as good as a rest. And I think when it comes to stress, if you can change it up and have something totally different to what you normally do for a day, I think it can really help. Nice. I mean, I, it's it sounds really good. I mean, I keep saying that I'm gonna try to do, to, to do similar things in uh, in my life, but it's a bit difficult when you have a company in the day, an NGO in the weekends, and a newsletter in the evenings. So <laughs> it's a it's a bit mad uh, out there. But uh, but yeah, we will find a way to to make it happen as well because you have to find ways to cope with uh, with your daily life. Um, but anyway, if we are to look at the, um, let's just say, last things that we could mention from the newsletter, um, keep an eye on Iceland. Remember what happened last time? There was a volcanic eruption down there. You couldn't fly for a while down here around. Um, so if you're planning some big vacation in the next one month, uh, yeah, definitely you should keep an eye on what's happening in Iceland. Of course, it can suck for, for Iceland itself because there will be a most likely a whole town will be destroyed by this uh, volcanic eruption. Uh, but also the, the clouds of ash will impact most of Europe. So, uh, yeah, uh, hopefully not soon because it could actually kill the Christmas uh, travels. If I look now. Oh, yeah. So I was just thinking I'm supposed to be flying to Gatwick, London on the 20th of December. <laughs> So you can only hope that uh, the eruption is in January. Although, yeah, it's already started to, like, bubble. Uh, a lot bubble. of roads are fissured. Mm -hmm. uh, like, you could see, you can see, uh, like, that it, uh, the earth is not calm right now. So it could be any time now. If it's 20th of uh, December, it's a month from now. So then you can hope that it blows up faster. <laughs> And because uh, it can take at least, uh, I don't remember last time how long it was. It was it a month? Do you remember the last eruption by any chance? No, uh, because it it was for a while. I'm just not sure how long it took for the ash in the atmosphere to to clear out, but it it was definitely for a while. It was much darker in Denmark. I remember those uh, those years it was 2010, I think 2011, 12 years ago when uh, when that happened, but it's maybe I don't know for sure. Um, and then the the last thing to to mention as well will be that uh, you need to um, you need to think more about how you could live without electricity uh, and how long can you live without electricity because in May uh, this year we were very close at having no electricity or heat uh, if they didn't uh, stop it last minute because there was a severe cyber attack on our critical infrastructure. Um, and, and those attacks are only getting stronger and better. So now Sweden, for example, is preparing their citizens how to deal with long power blackouts. They have this uh, get ready for three days without electricity uh, booklets uh, and, and, and yeah, uh, things that you can you can do to, to prepare yourself both mentally and, and yeah, to, to, to be ready for such a situation. Uh, there's some ideas in the in the Danish debate that maybe we should turn off the power for 24 hours so that we make people more aware and get get them used to the idea of it and and get them prepared. Because to be honest, if a cyber attack is actually successful, uh, it's not about two or three days. It's about a couple of weeks uh, that the damage will uh, to be to fix all the damage around the country. 
Uh, so... <laughs> I'm just thinking, could this be an alternative to Denmark's digging day? <laughs> could we have a Danish no electricity day, but a better title for it, you know? <laughs> that could be a fun way to give everybody a day and nobody's allowed to use electricity for the day or it's suggested that nobody uses electricity for the day. They just turn everything off to get us prepared for if that happens and we're not able to use it, you know? Of course, I mean, in here, uh, what will happen is that all the emergency areas, like hospitals and what, they will receive emergency generators and whatnot. So they will get something to to stay on for the 24 hours. So don't don't think now that, oh my God, all those people who depend on electricity will, will have to die. Uh, no, it's just about that the emergency services need to be prepared to go and support areas where electricity cannot even miss for a minute. Um, like, for example, hospitals, of course. And I'm not sure if there's other areas, but yeah, whoever depends on electricity and cannot even live without a minute, and it's something that it depends, it's a life or death matter, then emergency services will have to come with prepared generators to support. But in general, for us, as our households, how can we survive with uh, with 24 hours uh, no power? Of course, it's about the fridge, it's about the freezer. For once, probably we'll go and see what's in the freezer. I'm not sure. If I touch my freezer, I think half of the stuff in there have been there for more than a year. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, I find mystery boxes from when I've done batch cooking. <laughs> I never labeled the, the pots of whatever. And when we're coming to the end of our sort of food supplies, I go through the freezer and the other day I found a mystery pot and I was like, I don't think it's bolognese. I'm, it might be a chicken stir fry, but what's that? So I just cooked it and it was delicious. I think it was a stir fry. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you, or, you, well, I call it a stir fry. It's actually a curry, but don't tell my husband it's a curry because apparently he doesn't like curry. <laughs> so I call my curry stir Hopefully he's so not listening, right? <laughs> I think he's still asleep. So <laughs> right. That's good. Oh, he keeps every week he says yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna listen to your podcast uh this week i think he's listened to one since we started in june he thought it was really good apparently but um yeah. not good enough to keep listening but that's all right i think it's it's difficult to listen to your your wife on the radio yeah it yeah, makes sense what would you do for uh for 24 hours with no electricity i'd play an acoustic guitar instead of an electric guitar mm. i would uh light candles i would have a lovely time I think okay. I'd make my own music I can't, I can't really live without music so if I can't listen to music on you know my various devices it would be a I'd, I'd probably just make music all day I'd, it'd probably be really lovely for me to be honest <laughs> nice so actually this 24 hours could be quite of a exercise for the whole Denmark I mean let's see they're planning now to make a ministry of uh, of uh, yeah, cyber defense and they're planning to do all sorts of activities to prepare the population. I really like that Sweden is so much ahead of us. Uh, well, I don't like that, but yeah. it's, it's nice to look that Sweden has done something so we can see uh, and learn from them. And actually, the Emergency Response Association in Denmark has courses called Get Ready for Three Days, online courses that you can uh, go, but not just online, face-to-face. So if you don't understand Danish, maybe just go to one face-to-face and you could ask for translation. Usually they're kind enough to support you in the process. Unfortunately, there's none in English yet. Obviously, we should probably pressure them to, to, to make one in English as well. Because, you know, when there's an emergency, you don't have time to learn the language <laughs> in a couple of minutes. Mm. <laughs> Now's the time to learn Danish. There's a disaster coming. You must understand what's happening around you. Night. <laughs> <laughs> so... Yeah, that can be that. That can be quite uh, not 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 a nice thing to do. 
And the absolute last thing that we should probably mention is that if you have a young man or woman at your home, remember that all those rights they used to have about tobacco and uh, nicotine and alcohol, it uh, they lost some of them because they decided that Denmark should maybe not be champion of Europe and who knows of the world at teenage drinking. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was that was the Danish culture. <laughs> that was Danish culture, yeah. But it seems that it's not uh, it's not super uh, super healthy. And for the first really, you do yeah, surprise me. And for the first time ever, like literally ever, uh, they decided that 16 to 17 year olds should only be allowed to drink up to six percent alcohol, no more 16 <laughs> percent. So progress has been made. They cannot drink shots anymore, but they can have, I guess, very strong beer and weak wine. Is there any wine under 6%? Uh, Yeah, you can get that that kind of um, what pretends to be Prosecco that's very sweet that I've been bought. I I stupidly bought instead of Prosecco a couple of times. (laughs) Had a lovely lovely gulp and went, oh, what is that? So there's like a sweet uh, 6% sparkling wine, but it's very sweet. Um, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, so basically it's a, it's a huge change <laughs> in terms of alcohol content. So your teenagers can no longer drink shots, but they can still drink beer. Uh, remember, it's illegal for you as an adult to buy them alcohol over 6%. Uh, that actually literally became illegal. It wasn't illegal until now. So now it's illegal for adults to buy any nicotine products or alcohol over 6% for people for under 18 years old, of course. Um, they will try to hide better the alcohol products in the supermarket so they don't put it next to stuff that teenagers buy, like chips and sweets. So if you used to know a place in the supermarket where your sweet alcohol is, it might be changed now. So get 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 ready at the interesting mission. Find the alcohol <laughs> in the <laughs> supermarket, uh, you can say. I'm really happy about the nicotine products, though. Uh, they're gonna make it much, much more difficult to to be bought. They will make it only in tobacco or menthol, and also e-cigarettes are now prohibited where smoking is prohibited. So no longer you can see those people vaping around, uh, like they like they have no issues with uh, with life. And uh, new job opportunity for 15 to 17 year olds. You can get hired by the Danish Safety Agency as mystery shoppers, and you're gonna go and try the lack of different shops and uh, <laughs> kiosks around uh, around the country there's quite severe fines for for um, for a different uh, yeah stores who don't comply with this uh, with these rules and it's also a new job wow. opportunity for uh, your teenager uh, mystery shopper i'm going to close you down <laughs> so, so <laughs> go and dobbing all your mates you drink with on a friday night <laughs> <laughs> it's like be a snitch yeah. go on a snitch. it's a great career path <laughs> yes what a life I'm, just... I'm not sure how that's gonna go down with uh with the cool kids but um, well it's supposed to be mystery shoppers so i guess you're supposed to be secretly doing that <laughs> unless you start laughing in the middle of it. it's like ha 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 you gave me a beer how stupid are you <laughs> Well, it's a good. It will be a good deter, deterring measure, you know, for those shops that don't play by the rules so much. If they know mystery shoppers are going to be allowed, it's more likely they're going to behave yeah, exactly. you know, and enforce the rules. So I guess that's it's, it's why. quite unfortunate. But it seems that even though we have these regulations for years, nobody really bothered with them. And I, to be honest, I 
I, when I was 19 years old in Denmark, I don't remember once for them to ask me uh, my age or something. And I was barely 19, so I don't know. Maybe I was looking old enough, but uh, pff, what can I say? I have seen also younger children in front of me who bought alcohol or cigarettes. Nobody cared. And I'm pretty sure they were 12 years old. <laughs> so. Yeah, I've seen some 12 year olds smoking in the streets. And it's just like, ah, um, yeah. okay. But I can't really judge them because I'm pretty sure that was me. <laughs> yeah, okay, so, fair enough. But I know. mean, at least make it hard for them, you know. So it, if they get the cigarettes in one way or another, they went through all the trouble to get it <laughs> good for them. But don't make it so simple. Like literally just take it from the thing and just, get out and we're like oh because i mean in all the american movies that you see right you see them trying so hard and it's such a victory when you get anything out of the store uh while in here you literally just go to the store and nobody cares (laughs) (laughs) where's the challenge challenge? (laughs) i want want doing illegal things to be challenging otherwise they're not illegal and then they go for more (laughs) hardcore stuff you know so if you make this one hard they will maybe let go of more challenging stuff because you see tiktok is a endless source of inspiration unfortunately uh, and there's all sort of weird stuff coming out of that uh, let's just say poisonous world <laughs> of the world but yeah i think uh i think that was it for today right we kind of went through most of the most important topics there are several others of course in the newsletter so don't hesitate to to read have you got a busy day ahead nauseous yeah, well, I guess. I mean, we have to publish the newsletter soon enough and uh, yeah, see if there's anything more done to be done there and then I just sleep. Uh, nah, what am I saying? I cannot sleep. I have a two-year-old at home. Uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> and you've never been good at sleep, have you? I, I don't know. <laughs> it's just I have no idea what today will be, so we'll see. Well, whatever it is, enjoy it. It's been lovely to see you again today. Um, thank you all for tuning in. We hope you found this podcast informative, interesting and of value. We'll be back next week on your favourite podcast platform. Just search Last Week in Denmark. Thank you very much for listening and goodbye for now. <laughs>